I text Drew the night before because I I was going to the clinic the same day as well to get our cats fixed. And I was like, hey, I'm going to the store right now to get the cat bags. And he's like, what? Hi, I'm Grace. I'm Aria. And welcome to the Hot Girls Rescue Dogs podcast. Today we're sitting down with some of our favorite dog rescuers and closest friends on the island who are honorary hot girls. So we're going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves and share a bit about what life is like on Saipan coming from the mainland. Hi, I'm Drew. And I am Sean. We're both from New York. We came here, I don't know, February? We came here in February for a... 2023. It's supposed to be a short job of five months and keep extending. And have fallen in love with the beautiful island of Saipan. Yeah, I think we had heard that there are some wild dogs on the island, which I think both of us were pretty excited about. I already had rules in the house of how many animals we were going to be able to take in if we were going to rescue, I'm doing air quotes here, to rescue uh, animals. And what was that number? I think it was no more than one. (laughs) No, see, we had different numbers. (laughs) He came down from like 10. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Because you can't have one. You need a couple. They need to be buddies. and friends. Yeah. But I don't think anything really prepared us for what we were going to see. You know, when we, it was our first night here when we landed, I think in like three or four in the morning and uh, we were just driving from the airport to our hotel and right off the bat, we saw a dog just on the side of the street. He wanted me to pull over and I was like, (laughs) never been like on the island for more than like 20 minutes. He wanted me to pull over and pick up this like dog covered in ticks on the side of the road. I was like, it's going to (laughs) happen. But we haven't even checked into a hotel yet. The dog distribution system is already on its way. Already to it is on point. You get you get a couple numbers. And yeah. Then you turn the corner and you're like, wow. Yeah. And then right even in the hotel, there was a there was a cat that we became friends Debbie. with. Debbie. Yeah. She was a love. She was blind as a bat. A little kitten. But she like when she when she would recognize us coming down in the uh, hallway, she'd just start running towards us because she knew we had cats. She would hear face. our food. We could call her and and say Debbie, Debbie, and she'd be like, "Oh, it's my gaze!" And she would be <laughs> running, screaming, bloody murder, and follow me out to the parking lot. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty pretty amazing. I I, love at first sight. I love you guys at first fit sight. Right in. How did you first hear about Boonie Babies? That would be Drew did research and found the website and Facebook and different things like that because he was looking to get involved with whether it was a local shelter or a volunteer group, whatever it was. And he found Boonie Babies. Yeah. And then I awkwardly DM'd you guys. <laughs> ambushed us. I ambushed you, truly. It was so sweet. Insta stalked. We have <laughs> trivia every single Thursday at Mariana's Creations, a local bar and shop here on the island. And it's always a frazzled night for us because we show up with dogs and it's just Grace and I. So we show up and we have all these dogs and we're wrangling them in a room full of people. And this night it was super chaotic. Puppies were peeing and pooing. We were just so it was chaotic. We were done. And so we pack up our stuff early. We grab our dogs and we're running out of Mariana's creations. And Drew chases us outside and is like, wait. He goes, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just wanted to. 
Yeah. I DM'd you. <laughs> you guys are beautiful girls. I'm sure that you get like creepy DMs all the time. And I was like, fuck, like these girls are going to think I'm so creepy. So I want to preface like right off the back. I'm like, I'm gay. It's like, no, do not be friend. I'm not here to, you know. Total you know, homo. Yeah, total homo. Just here to, you know, help some dogs. But let me know. And you guys were so sweet. You like. He picked you up the next day. Truly. Yeah, I was. I did not know what I was getting into, but it had thrown into it right away. Yeah, so when Drew started volunteering with us, that's when we were primarily working with the mayor's shelter, and our days were honestly quite miserable. It was really important work, but not a fun time. We shared a little bit in our past episode how the needs of the dogs at the mayor's shelter are unfortunately just not able to be met. So we were trying to help out a little bit with that. But Drew comes over super excited to volunteer and we're like, yeah, we'd love to have you. Just so you know, what we need help with is cleaning out dead dogs. Um, And seeing horrible, horrible. It was brutal. Yeah, seeing horrible things. It's not great. And Drew goes, no problem. Let me know. Let's do it. He was excited to get out of that hotel room, I think. (laughs) Yes, I definitely was. It was a jarring experience, you know, like to see all these dogs in kind of rough conditions. Kind of. It was rough conditions. I remember your response the first time you came back. That he was like teary eyed and oh, <laughs> okay. The transformer exploded outside. Well, well, we don't need the Wi Fi or anything. Do, you, do we need to assess? Oh, Box the pod, Michael. Oh, oh, guys, oh, it's okay. Oh, it's so I bet Penny is freaked out. Yeah, we'll pause. Yeah. We'll pause. Okay. All right. That would be another prime example of some Saipan shit, but we are back now that we have made sure nothing is on fire and we are ready to go. We have no power, but that's okay. No power, but we are surrounded by beautiful candlelight. It's actually a very beautiful setup. (laughs) The ambiance is exquisite. The dogs are all hanging out. I wish we had a film crew here recording this. Yeah, Yeah, I know. It's it's on par. It's good. (laughs) So... We take you to the shelter. We told you it's an absolute show. Could anything have adequately prepared you for what you were going to experience? Honestly, no. I, when I was a kid, I had jobs literally just cleaning up horse all summer long. That's all I did. So I'm no stranger to being around in nasty circumstances. But it's the lack of anyone having any motivation the people oh, <laughs> michael it's fine it's okay sorry about that it's okay boys it's, it's okay okay sorry about that um chill out michael i wasn't prepared for a lot of the people working there and their lack of motivation to do anything just to do the bare minimum you know the, i i remember when we went there there was a puppy that had been brought in and had a zip tie around its neck and had been there for like two days with an actual zip tie around its neck and no one thought to like, you know, cut it out. 
Uh, just cut it off. The simplest things. Cut it off. Take it out of, you know, the small little carrier it was in. And, you know, we'd have to tell them multiple times that there were, like, dogs that were dead in the cages that they need to clean up, you know. And this is day after day. And it's not like they're running out around putting up fires and, like, doing a ton of other things. They also, they're nice people, so it's hard to... They have limited resources of what they can do. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's like the... And also the lack of knowledge. Yeah. Like, we'd propose these ideas, and they'd be like, oh, okay. It's like they weren't unwilling, they just hadn't thought to do so. Yeah, like, they don't see these dogs as these, like, creatures that are, are, are pets that we love so much and, like, that we need to save. They see them as, like, deer, as, like, animals that just live in the wilderness and, you know, they're there and you just cohabitate and... Well, unfortunately, with the population the way that it is, that's kind of the mentality of the animals on the island. Um, it's an uncontrollable number that just keeps rolling higher. Um, so controlling the numbers is the number one start to be able to see any impact, you know. I think it's also... <sighs> This island is wonderful and has such a beautiful culture and has such great and loving people and they have such strong family ties, but they don't see dogs the way that we see them on the States. Like, we've been shocked at seeing people see dogs and speed up in their cars as if, like, they're trying to hit them. And we're, like, on the side of the road feeding them. And it's, Screaming. you know, <laughs> just being, like, just standing there in disbelief, like... Doggy dumping doing? six dogs in a parking lot and running off. Yeah. Like, it's it's very sad, but it's it's hard to get used to. But the with the numbers of the dogs just everywhere, you, like, you cannot go down a street without seeing five different stray dogs on the side of the road. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, clearly we're against a really big issue here is people dumping dogs in random spots. And whenever we post about it online, there's always hundreds of comments of how could you do this? Where's your heart? Blah, 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 blah. And we feel that. But then at the same time, we were just reading through our emails today. And every day we have a handful of emails from people in the community saying, hey, my dog's pregnant. Again, I tried to get her spayed. Again, there's no vet on island. I don't know what to do. This is her third litter. I already have 12 dogs. Can you take her? Can the mayor's shelter take her? And the answer is no. Sorry. We have so many as well. And so does everybody else you're trying to pawn them off on. And it just comes down to... Like, honestly, we do not blame the people who dump yeah. dogs because what else are you supposed they, to they're, do? They're left yeah. with At some point, you have a limit. You have to feed your family. They start with a pack of four out in the front yard, and next mm-hmm. thing you know, the four turns into 12 and then 20, and then they start putting it in a vehicle and, you know, dropping them off on the yep. other side of the island. It's very sad. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the whole point... And dangerous for the neighborhoods with other dogs and children and everything. It's mm-hmm. very dangerous. The bites that are happening, the fighting between the dogs and the cats and everything, it's not a good mix. Uh, The whole point of the mayor's shelter, I would say, it's the mayor's shelter dog control program. So I would say that their main initiative would be to decrease the stray dog population and therefore 
they're not properly trained in handling animals. There is no training. There's no training. They're not properly trained in anything. And that's to no fault of their own. Nobody this is the first dog control program. Yeah, nobody's given them resources. Exactly. Or support. And I think you take for granted a lot coming from like the states just how culturally we've seen dogs and humans and viewed them. Yeah, the humane's locations that you can bring your animal to and get a, you know a cheap vaccination or a surgery provided i used the service when i lived in florida to get our cat taken in for like 30 bucks and they did the surgery and got it fixed and it was done but the the resources here are not you know as available to everyone so it is very it's well, a so hard situation the next the next spay and neuter clinic is not for another year mm-hmm. or so that's insane. And like the dogs and cats on the island aren't waiting, you no, know? No. Yeah. They are every three months they're popping yeah. out a new litter. It is our so, home the here that we've here. had our jungle cat. Oh my god. Um, Ivy. She Ivy, has had this poor three girl. litters of kittens since we've lived here and but it hasn't even been a full year. She's had at least three. At least three. And we came in with there being, we think, at least two litters of kittens that were just also living around the yes house. that there were like, older cats that her teenager cats that she had gosh. that were still living here yeah and even like one of the cats that stayed around the house with ivy bruce who started out to be a real <laughs> head <laughs> like he was just a he monster was, and would swat at us and he was he was scary you know, multiple of the litters brothers and fathers so <laughs> you know what that means and it's <laughs> And we got him fixed, and he it changed him completely. He is a He's complete such a sweet lap cat and follows. All he wants is cuddles, <laughs> and it's it's wild to see the difference of like something that is just so you hormone know, changing. It's so but like, so easy to get in the states, and so challenging to get here, mm-hmm. and like the huge difference it makes in. You know, the cat, he doesn't get in as many fights anymore. He doesn't swat us and draw blood. He is less territorial. <laughs> and so affectionate. He's yeah. so sweet. And he's not making many, many, many yeah. more babies. Yeah. yeah, He's not making any babies. Ivy's and Ivy, for the first time, can be a cat without <laughs> fucking having babies in her and nursing. She's nursing all the time. She didn't stop nursing once in, like, the year we've been here. It's so upsetting. And watching her, her be pregnant, waddling through the jungle, like, I felt bad for her every time. It's depressing as fuck. It is. Oh. But she will no longer have babies because she is taken care of uh, due to one of the clinics. You guys bring up a really interesting point. I think there's a big misconception especially with a lot of the people who aren't on Saipan, but on Saipan as well, that people here are just irresponsible pet owners. And that is not not the case at all. all. It's like you have these people. The last thing that anyone wants here is more puppies or more kittens. And it is just so far out of your control like you can only do so much in keeping your females separated from the males and yep. this and that like what or are you supposed to do having the knowledge to know exactly. that like, to do that if you don't do your research on that and know what you're talking about there's no way you yeah. can well i mean that. it's you could do that with the dogs that you have in your yard but there's mm-hmm. just tall 
you know, mountain grass growing everywhere. And that we've had random dogs just walk through our yard. Before. I mean, there's no, I have no yeah, idea. Fenced in yards are very no. rare here. And also, Grace brings up a wonderful point of last year and earlier this year, the army came out and did a whole mission where they set up a spay and neuter clinic for a few days throughout the year. And they said, you can show up first come, first serve for the community. This was a nightmare. <laughs> and we were like, maybe you should change the schedule and have appointments. And they were like, no, it'll be fine. And we were like, you don't understand. This is the first spay and neuter clinic yeah. readily accessible People are going to be years. like, call people are cousins, be there. everybody does. It's not like people do care here. They, The people who want their pets fixed will be there. And Grace and I showed up the night before at, what time did we get Well. There? We had been working on this clinic, working with them, running it. So after the first day, we knew what we were getting ourselves into. And we knew that the line started at approximately 10 p.m. the day before opening at 7. (laughs) And we had a pit bull. We had somebody's pit bull that had been surrendered to us, a male. And he was of top priority to get fixed because we knew people were going to try and breed him. Yeah, pit bulls are like a status symbol. Yes, yes. Massive Crazy. But we showed up at 10 p.m. We went camping. We went camping outside, and we were not even the first ones in line. There were not people Taylor sitting Swift there. Tickets. It was not to, <laughs> It was like Taylor Swift yeah. tickets, but it was it was horrible. And everybody's out there camping with their dog, and waiting. the rest of the world is saying, "Oh, these Saipan people don't care about their animals, and they just don't get them fixed." And we did. Everybody not- was camped out the night before when that one clinic that we got the cats taken care of and. I remember dropping them off at whatever, 7.30 in the morning or whatever the drop-off time was. And there's literally a line of vehicles around that entire building uh-huh. dropping off. And they the were animals. very efficient, too. They were, I would have to say, that was super organized very well. And, like, it was, like, yeah. if, like it, was, it was great. Very yeah. efficient. But, I mean, also, very shocking, like, pre-op instructions... Literally, they you had to take these wild feral cats that live outside of our house <laughs> and exactly put them in a mesh laundry bag. <laughs> Not a large one. A small laundry bag. Like a cat that's never been touched by a human. I'm now shoving into a bag and like sticking well, in the back I of my trunk. It was even horrifying than we thought it would be because when we stepped outside... The cats run up to us because we're going to feed them, right? Yeah. I mean, so it was kind of a swift job. Um, I think you had bagging duty. I had bagging duty. You picked up the I animal. picked them up. I was wearing like Bruce those was rubber rough. gloves, like those protective ones that they wear oh, yeah. climbing missions. Yeah, we I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not getting swatted at, scarred, because they are strong. They, and their they nails are hurt. dirty. Cat they dig. They, they, get they hurt so much They're, worse than dogs. They sting. Yeah, they get in those places and they're dirty. And they get infected. And they get, yes. yes. So I'm not, I'm not with that. And it was it was rough. We it honestly we bagged three cats that night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cat we in literally the bag. had a car full of three bags and cats. Right. It I was... remember I texted Drew the night oh. before because I I was going to the clinic the same day as well to get our cats fixed, yep. and I was like, hey, I'm going to the store right now to get the cat bags, and he's like, what? And I was like, do you need one? Like I could just pick some up and drop them off on my way home, and he's like. What do you mean? We had the cat <laughs> little bubble really book bag, and I was like, "That's fine." Yeah, I mean, like, why do they have to be in a bag? I 
And it sounds bizarre, but it's actually, as somebody who's worked in, in the clinic before, you would not believe how easy it becomes to handle feral cats when they're stuck in a laundry bag because you can still you can do the needles like the shots and the sedation through and they can't scratch you must be like stuck to certain spots so it actually is miraculous but it is a very strange sight i thought it was very strange but when you explained it to me and i thought about it and then we bagged three of our (laughs) own cats it makes sense it does make sense it was sad though to like hear they're I all know. in the back of the car. They're like, <laughs> like, like their faces were pressed on the around. <laughs> like, sorry. It's very sad, but <laughs> they got drugged and surgery, and now they are like they're so sweet. They're living their best lives. Now. Ivy's never gonna pop out any more kittens, and yeah. Bruce is like a yeah. like that a makes the bag beautiful. worth it. We like makes we like tear up. Once a day, just like talking about how Ivy will never have to have the burden of having a new litter. We're like, oh, she's going to live a great life and now she can go explore. But really, she's just still eating like she has more kittens. So she's getting fat and we're worried. We also, <laughs> like, we also have Cheeto, her kitten, who who still nurses off of her. So like, yeah. we need to get him graduated. And <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to wean these little things. They're yeah. they're they dedicated to the nipples. Food. There always seems to do. be at least one, especially like one from each litter that's just oh, that, doesn't that, get the hint. That's like I'm yeah. a I'm I'm a full grown cat, but I'm still gonna nurse from your nip. It's like no, he doesn't want to do leave that. the nest. Yeah, no. it's time. It's time. So you guys have had a lot of Saipan adventures, and I will say it takes pretty special people to move out here from the States and be okay. You're coming from a life of luxury, whether you know it or not, and then you get here and you move into houses that are full of geckos and gecko poop and roaches and And no power and no hot water. (laughs) Cats and dogs. (laughs) So I think it's amazing that you guys have adapted as well as you have. Yeah, I I mean, it was <clears throat> not easy. It's a big step up from... Yeah, when from we first got in, the, so we first moved into this house. And this house is, it's like a concrete palace. It's beautiful. But it was, first of all, dirtiest. It was covered <laughs> in lizard. There was lizard. I did not know. down the walls. I mean... <laughs> I guess I always knew lizards, but I never thought about it until it was covered everywhere in our You're walls. On a tropical island. Well, um, I feel, I always said as we were cleaning up the lizards. On the positive side, this one had really healthy poop, so it was a big bug that it ate. That is yeah, not in the house. They did eat bugs. We, we see them every day, and we just say, "Hey, good yeah. job, buddy." But they let we just let them crawl. You gotta. You gotta be able to accept some um, ruggedness in hardships in the life, and we could stand most of it. But I, I, when we first moved in, we also did not have any real running water for like two for two weeks. Days. It was two weeks. <laughs> It was two weeks. It was like at least like a week. There was no, (laughs) there was no pump. So we didn't have any pressure in our water. So the only water that we did have any pressure with. The garden hose. Was our driveway. Outside garden hose. Yes. So we were taking showers (laughs) by hose in, you know, a driveway that 
there's a business next to us. I think, I don't know, there's always Back then, the jungle was a little bit thicker, so it wasn't too bad. We've been naked in our driveway many times. Yeah, but (laughs) none of them by choice, not one. No, none of them are by choice. It's kind of... just requirements and the bugs here it's they're no joke they you the mosquitoes they're real yeah and so i you know we're in the house for one week and i'm already starting to get pretty frustrated um we also had no hot water which was a big issue i don't know if anyone yeah loves jumping into cold showers every single time I'll, I'll take a cold shower, but I like to ease into it, you know? A nice lukewarm. You want it to be by choice. By choice, exactly. It's yeah, good to pro choice off. here. Yeah, but um, we had none of that, and I, I think there was a the only argument we really ever got in here. It, it came down that to was, hot water. That wasn't down to hot water. It was down to the fact that you didn't have any water. Like, <laughs> well, you, the water stopped. You had a shower. cold. You had a cold shower. I had a cold shower that I was trying to bear bear with. Half of a cold shower, and it stopped halfway. I was covered in fucking soap. Yeah, well, and we didn't. Mud. <laughs> we didn't know that you have to turn a pump on to be able to fill up your tank in order to have water pressure to have the water come out. Yeah. So we found that out halfway through his shower. It was uh mud and soap. I immediately was like, this is this is it. Like you will have a day to get me hot water. Otherwise I will book a plane ticket myself. I will get myself the fuck out of here. And, and you'll be here by yourself. I don't care. We've been together for one year. We've never had an argument besides that. It was not an argument. It was just a clear a identified statement that said, <laughs> I will fucking go back to New York and leave you here if I don't have hot just, running water. Just warm water. All I that's, want is warm water. That's quality communication. Yeah, you said a clear is, statement. Exactly. And you know? you know what? You're still here. So obviously it was exactly. obviously It, it received... We got it fixed, and you know it just took a little um, pressure. Yeah, a little pressure. (laughs) (laughs) So back to the original statement of you came here thinking that you would at most rescue one animal, Mm -hmm. and we're sitting in your living room (laughs) right now, and I spot three dogs and a cat. Oh, oh! You haven't looked outside. There's three more. There's three cats outside. Um, you know, we also have two dogs that are not currently accounted for. Honestly, this has always been my plan. This is. <laughs> I have plans for more dogs. He's accomplished his goals. We have a structure outside that I think can house at least 10 dogs so we're just with we are just lacking the resources it i mean staff to be able to facilitate that goal and not us personally i'm home a lot so booty babies part two exactly the booty babies contingent (laughs) dog daddies dog Dog daddies daddies. official dog daddies never Never have I had a title that I'm more proud of. It means a lot, though. Like we we left our animals in on the mainland. Drew's dog was being watched by his brother and his sister in law in New Jersey, and I flew my dog down to Florida to drop our dog off. And so we came here dogless on missing dogs. Mm-hmm. And after working with you guys and 
you know, taking in Mike, who's been just a joy and, and we absolutely love him. He was a little rough at the beginning, just very shy, like really in a, in a shell. And now he's just blossomed so much. Like it makes me so proud. Such a good like dog dad to know that like he's growing. He's like learning different situations and in different environments. And now we have the two girls, Lottie and Nellie. Um, and they're just absolute sweethearts. Um, and it really, it's just like every single day is like a gift on this island. Yeah, we're so lucky. These, these dogs. We're so, we're so fortunate that we met you guys. Oh, we're so fortunate God. that you guys have like introduced us to these like critters that we love so much. And like, you know, every day with you guys, like we learned so much from you guys about what's going on with these dogs and like how we can actually care for them and to see all the different things that you have going on and like i'm i'm so impressed with you honestly i really am i like you guys are incredible and it's we're so lucky to like be in your lives well that was gonna be my closing statement to you of (laughs) we are so lucky that you guys ended up out here and not only as such valuable boonie babies support members but also just genuine friends um it's impossible to be our friends out here without loving dogs because like it or not we're constantly surrounded by them and we'll probably drop them off at your house too yeah so drew and sean are true team players taking it like champs taking it like champs (laughs) through the dog shit the lack of hot water and the, the cuddles in the bag. Cats in a bag. <laughs> and the puppy cuddle time. They're here for all of it. We love you guys. Thanks for being our we number one state well worth it. Well worth it. And thanks for doing this podcast. Always. This was so fun. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for having us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Hot Girls Rescue Dogs. Bye. Bye.